You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're going to be South Side regardless. Chicago, come to the South Side. Like fancy island. With your South Siders, Shane Reardon and Gabe Ramirez. We're excited. It's going to be a good time. Go White Side. All right, welcome into the first ever episode. This is a big one, folks, of South Siders, a White Sox fan podcast hosted by myself, Shane Reardon, and my teammate and coworker, Gabe Ramirez, over there to my right. You, uh, you know Gabe from his days at B96 in the morning show, working with Eddie and Jobo, and then his own morning show, Gabe and Nina, Chicago Gabe on all the socials. Myself, Shane Reardon, I am the executive producer of the afternoon show here at 670 The Score. This is a White Sox fan podcast. I'll tell you one thing, it's not the place where you're going to get all your nerdy analytical breakdowns, because <laughs> those are not the baseball fans that we are, and you'll have some numbers to keep things relevant, but... I'm not going to sit here like a, like an episode of Moneyball, the fat version of Jonah Hill, uh, pushing pencils and reading books and looking at computers. That's not what we are. We're the fans in the top ends of the, the rows in the 100 level, just enjoying baseball. And hopefully we have a White Sox product to enjoy with you very soon. You can find us on social on Twitter at Southsider670, myself, Shane underscore Reardon. It's up there, Gabe, Chicago underscore Gabe. Subscribe, rate, review this podcast if you like uh, what we're giving to you because that's the only way that I can continue to move. We plan on being with you a couple times a week. Let's hope on Mondays, recapping a weekend series and previewing the week series. And then a Thursday or Friday, recapping that week series and previewing the weekend. Gabe, how are you? We didn't have any White Sox baseball last night. And with the way they've been playing lately outside of that series against Tampa Bay, that's kind of refreshing. Yeah, it feels good to, to give your heart a break in certain instances. And Shane, I like how you describe their podcast because when you really think about it, I try to think about like uh, Major League, you know, the Indians guys that yeah. would just sit in the back of the, 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 of the bleachers and then yeah. they're sitting there and they're just talking trash, riding the wave. Those guys, that's who we are. We're not going to, you know, those guys weren't going to fluff you with numbers, but they're going to be very real as to what they think about this White Sox team. Uh, One of those Indian fans in, that, in the stands out there is local radio legend Bill Leff who's also an actor and a comedian. Uh, he was the one who yelled, who gives a shit, it's gone. When the <laughs> you high, you high, who gives a shit, it's gone. That's my guy, Bill Leff at WGN Radio. He's a, he's a pretty I cool dude. It. And I feel like we, we do kind of like mirror that, that feeling, you know, because we're going to give you the raw, real, because we're not getting paid by the White Sox to do this. So we can actually give you our real opinion about our team. Of, and we can say we. I'm going to say we a lot on this because I feel like. You're, oh, you're a we guy? I'm a we guy. I'm a we okay. guy because, uh, dude. What, what do you mean? It's we. It's me against the world. When I'm arguing, that I'm, uh, when I'm arguing against Cubs fans and, and everyone of the of the like about this team, I say we. And I've been I, I've been with this team longer than the players have. So therefore, I can say yeah, I can say we. Okay, uh, look at how old you are. Like it, 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 it's it's not talked about often enough how legitimately ancient you are, and you've seen <laughs> Carlton Fisk in person and Lamar Hoyt and Shoeless Joe Jackson. Yeah, so we grew I'm, up at I'm the same time. 
yeah, grew up at the same time. I can inject some youth into this podcast. Yeah, hopefully you can with your old looking self. <laughs> but, uh, but what we're gonna do is a white beard here here that I keep that I I really like. It's like a personality trait. I can't find it right now, but I, I check every morning to make sure it's still there because it makes me feel like I'm a little bit more uh, wise and and tapped in. How long does it take you to do your beard in the morning? Be honest. Ooh. Be honest. So I, I think I do a pretty good job of like moisturizing it overnight to make it like, treat, <laughs> treat it just like your regular hair because it's still hair on your head, right? So I'm not going to neglect it and make it all dry and shit. But I would say maybe five minutes. Okay. A little balm through it. Comb it when I get out of the shower. A little balm through it. Um, and now I can have I can be the White Sox guy in town with a beard that we that the yeah. White Sox shipped Dallas Keuchel's dumbass off to. Dude. to, to agency and now in arizona so i'm happy to reclaim the white Sox fans with a beard i think you and i were both concerned about dallas keiko and where he'd end up and his success after leaving the white Sox. like that just seems like the the the, the kind of luck that we have where a guy goes and there's becomes a monster but when he landed in arizona i kind of said to myself like oh okay that 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 sounds about right. You know, yeah, I mean, it, team. I, I'm happy to, to, for him to be gone, like good riddance to Dallas Keuchel. And it, there's no more stressing over Dallas Keuchel starts or the two innings that Dallas Keuchel gets through. But like not to start this episode off with talking about another team's player, but he is back in Arizona with his pitching coach that helped him win a Cy Young. So maybe Dallas Keuchel can resurface and find something, but I highly doubt it. You'd say the same thing about Matt Nagy trying to rekindle his love with Andy Reid over there in Kansas City, but hopefully neither of those things will come come to fruition. Hey, let's so go ahead. Point, White Sox go ahead. They they wrapped up a series in Tampa Bay against a very good Tampa Bay team, a very young Tampa Bay team. Outside of the issues that they're very anti-gay, at least some of them are anti-gay, and that <laughs> that storyline kind of took up a good point, a good chunk of that series. Do you believe in turning points? Do you believe a team can go into a hot AL East ball club and win the series and turn it around a little bit, score some runs, and kind of harness that as the fuel and the motivation to to break out of a slump? Yeah, I think it's going to take a lot more than that for the White Sox to you know have a be a turning point, so to speak. But what I do like about what happened this past series is the confidence that it gives the rest of the guys on the team. And I think that in order for the White Sox to be successful and to even get to a turning point, they need to have more produ offensive production from, you know, guys five through nine in the lineup. And here's an opportunity you hear about next man up so often, Shane. And when you're talking about the Tampa Bay Rays, I mean, listen, they heard everybody saying that they were going to suck and they heard everybody saying that they're not going to win the division and they're a trash team now. They hear that. It's not like they're walking around and they're not getting text messages and reading social media. So to be given an opportunity to go up against the Rays team that they feel like they can't compete with, especially with their last two guys, right? Giolito and C.C. Gillen on the mound. Like you were wondering, like, is this going to be the cease that, that has been dominant or is this going to be the guy that's going to give up seven runs in the first two innings or, or Giolito for that matter? Same thing. You know, are you going to get a dominant performance? So, so it was good. But as far as turning point is concerned, I'm going to need way more than you know, a, 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 a series victory against the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm gonna need like I don't know what. what wouldn't you say like a turning point out of ten games? How many victories do you think you need in order for it to be considered a turning point? Well, I think it depends the the opponents that that you're you're playing and where you're at in your season. Like it can be some kind of an emotional turning point where you come together a little bit and like the Sunday's game where they scored six runs in the first couple innings, but then yeah. couldn't do anything after that. Like that was fun. That's fun to watch the White Sox score runs. And you're talking about. You need production from your bottom five through nine guys. 
usually, yeah, that'd be a good problem to have. You need more production from your bottom five to nine guys. But with this version of the White Sox, outside of Andrew Vaughn and Jake Berger, healthy in the lineup right now, excluding Tim Anderson because he's not in the lineup, they need more production from all of them. You need 2021-type production from Yasmani Grandal, who's hitting below 200, slugging below 200, which is nearly impossible. You need 2021 production from A.J. Pollock, who hit a bunch of homers last year and is not nearly the player this year as he used to be. You need 2021 production from Yohan Moncada, who doesn't look like anything right now, and maybe there's that long COVID and he's a little bit tired. You need 2021 production from, from, um, from Gavin Sheets, who looks lost at the plate every single time he's up there. So it'd be a good problem to have a lack of production from five to nine only. But right now, outside of Jake Berger and Andrew Vaughn, the White Sox don't have offensive production consistently from anybody. So yeah. that's your point. You get legit production from your stars, and that's how you win baseball games. You can't just skate by on Jake Berger having four straight game-winning hits, and that's it. You need a lot more than that. There's a, a Dominican restaurant in Humble Park, right on Dickens and Kimball. And What's I know Jose Abreu, ah, dude, I couldn't even tell you, but uh, it's um, Jose Abreu orders from there a lot. He, he tends to, when he has other Dominican players that come in town, he makes sure he, he that they get food sent from this particular place. And I wonder if that's what it is. Cause, cause Shane, I just can't, I'm literally trying to think of these guys. It's not the money thing, because it's not like they got this new money. They've been having this money. It's not like they're feeling themselves because they still are burnt from losing to the Astros last season. So when, when I try to think of, like, what the hell is going on, it's like, are they not getting mommy's cooking? Are they not getting the chuleta frita? Like, are, are they not getting the, the, the papa de relleno? Like, what is it that's going on with this team, and why aren't they producing? They got all these, you know, like, I look at Moncada, and I say to myself, papi, I know you did the bachata thing. I know, I know you. I, he's an emotional guy, Shane. You're a lover, and so you could understand. So I like to, in my head, I like to imagine like what is really going on. Like, did he get into a fight with his girl, and he's been beefing with her? You know, because Latinos were. Which one? Which one? Which that's girl? My, that's my point. That's my point exactly. Like he's going through girl girl problems, and we're not even looking at it through that lens. We're we're trying to think like, oh, his front foot is not getting forward fast enough. Like, no, 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 no. He he got caught up by his by his main chick. But for with his side chick, like, it's, I, I don't know. Don't you just look at this team? Because what other reason can you come up with when it comes to the lack of productivity from the Chicago White Sox team? Yeah, I mean, this might be – I like what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. But when you're at this level, you can't – those kind of things can't affect you. You can't let your personal – I mean, Michael Kopech just had a second kid with a second woman, and he's still out there dealing after – He took a whole year off because his girl – damn near cheated on him like what are we talking about like dude. No, I mean, but he knew what he needed to do to fix himself mentally and stepped away yohan mancada memorial day weekend played sunday and that was the last time he played in five days after that but that night sunday into monday he was at freaking tau until yeah. three o'clock in the morning with johnny cueto like i that maybe that may sound somewhat meatball-y where I don't want these guys to have a personal lives or something like that. Of course I want them to have personal lives. But it's not a good look when you're, like, chilling around in the dugout and you can't play in the baseball game, but you got people spotting you at Tau until 3 o'clock in the morning and then you don't play for the next five days. So my frustration with you on Mankata has always been, and I know this is stupid, I know it is because I'm not inside the guy's head, but it's always been it doesn't seem like he enjoys the game as mm. much as other guys do. And I, that's stupid. I know. It's like – White guy yelling at, at baseball player. 
I don't want it to come off that way. But it just doesn't seem like he enjoys the game like other guys do. I, I don't know. I don't Shane, know. You, know, no, you bring up a good point, and I think a lot of people don't talk about this too often. The uh, Think about the path that most Dominican players or Cuban players take to get to Major League Baseball. It is a grind from a very young age. So it's not, I mean, whereas, granted, there's a, a, a part of the population that loves baseball, loves the fact that it's getting them out of whatever situation they were in growing up. But you've got to imagine that there's 20, 30 percent of the guys that are like, damn, I'm going to work just like. A lot of us out there hate going to work every day. I'm sure that some of these baseball players, despite the fact that they're getting paid millions of dollars, they're not necessarily in love with it, right? It's a grind. It's a job. And I think that that doesn't get talked about enough. And when you look at a guy like Yohan Moncada, of course, we're not going to sit up here and say he doesn't love Major League Baseball. I'm sure he denied no. that to the core. However, I'm just saying, is that what it is? Are you are you you know burnt out on the game itself? Because he does have that out. Like when you watch him on, he does not look like Tim Anderson when Tim Anderson hits a home run and he's geeked up running around the bases, doing all this stuff and all the little signs that they have when they get on base. Like, Yohan's not that dude. He's pretty cool, calm, collected. And he's a pretty boy. So I'm sure he's, you know, been feeling himself for a very long time. But that's a great point. You would think that, like, somebody like Jose Abreu would be able to get to him. And I wonder if even he's uh, out, outlasted his welcome, you know, where, where a coach kind of wears on you after a while. Is your, is a, has Jose Abreu done that to some of the guys in the clubhouse that he's been with for a while? No, I, I would. I understand what you're saying, but I would shoot that down immediately. I think these friendships are so strong, and guys like Luis Robert, Yon Moncada, and soon-to-be Yolbert Sanchez, and Lennon Sosa, these guys of Dominican, Cuban, Puerto Rican uh, descent that are coming from over there to play baseball here, I think a lot of them are coming for Jose Abreu. Hmm. They're coming for that father figure hey, help me assimilate into American culture and American baseball culture. I think those guys come here because of him, and I think that's why the White Sox were able to link Luis Robert to such a team-friendly deal and Yoel Moncada to a team-friendly deal um, solely because of Jose Abreu. We can talk about turning points and specific outings or specific at-bats until the cows come home, but <laughs> until there is some consistent production – from the players that you need to produce on a consistent basis, this White Sox team just won't go anywhere. This, yeah. it, it, the expectations for them have always been so damn high, and it seems like there's there's some kind of curse on their window, and the window just keeps on. It's like when you're in your old Chicago apartment and you've got to prop your window up with like a cinder block or something like okay. that in the summer been there. or like been there. four or five books that you don't want to read anymore. Like It feels like I'm constantly adding another book to that window in my first Chicago bedroom apartment, trying to open it a little bit more and extend that window a little bit more because right now it feels like it's closing. It feels like it's legitimately closing. These guys are not as young as they used to be. They're getting older. Jose Abreu might not be back next year. If he wants to play baseball next year, he will be back. If he doesn't want to, he's not going to, he'll retire a White Sox. The window is closing and the front office and ownership has not done enough to fortify and to put the best possible free agents in a White Sox uniform that they could have. They go bargain bin hunting. That's that's Josh Harrison. Yeah. That's you didn't need to spend as much money as you did on Joe Kelly and Kendall Graveman. Like that money could have gone to the qualifying offer or the the, cl the club option on um it, on uh Cesar Hernandez who hit, 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 had a, 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 a uh, cycle last night. 
I think that yeah. was Cesar. Oh, right. No, I was Eduardo Escobar. Never mind. <laughs> but Cesar like, Hernandez still started off the season awesome. And the White Sox just let him go for absolutely nothing and decided to fill that position with Josh Harrison. There are so many frustrations that you can't even talk about a turning point until they put the best possible roster out there that they can. It's almost like, like we're, we're like we're base, dude. Shane, it's like we're it's like we're unfamiliar with success. And we don't know how to find it consistently. You look at teams like the Twins in the AL Central. You look at a, at a team like the St. Louis Cardinals, mid-market teams that somehow manage to get their money in places where it should be and, and have competing teams year in and year out, where the White Sox seem like they got to build a winner that they need to jump on. You ever Have you ever lived or, or hung out with somebody that lived near a train? And you, and you yeah, know how like... California Blue Line. Oh, okay. Blue so you know what it's like where... People come to your house, people come to your house and then they're like, dude, how do you live like that? And you're like, live like what? Like, you don't hear the noise in the background. You know, it becomes, I feel like that's how we are as Sox fans. Like we see this team, we know some, we know there's noise, but we don't know how loud it is. And I think a lot of people look at this team and they're like, you guys aren't positioned for success in the future. You all right, baby? You aren't positioned for success in the future. And it sucks because they got a good enough team to be there. Don't you think, Shane? I mean, like, the, like they have a good enough team to compete. The, the, ta- the talent's there. It's about execution. This is solely about execution. It's about execution. It's about putting your team in the absolute best position to succeed. And that's something, like I said, front office and the current manager, Tony La Russa, doesn't do. I, if I see Andrew Vaughn, who is, when Tim Anderson's not in the lineup, the best hitter on this team and the best pure hitter total on the team, if I see him in the six, seven, eight, or 9 hole one more time, I'm going to offload my season tickets to the next lucky bastard that I see walking down the street. Like, hey, you can just have the rest of them. This is where we disagree, bro. This is where we disagree. You want Andrew Vaughn at the bottom of the lineup? Not bottom like seven, eight, nine, but I don't mind him in the five, six, seven space. You know, I I just, I just, I look at, I look, it's like, it's like, look, Shane, we we play on the same softball team together. When you had me leading off that one game, what did I say? I'm like, dude. Yeah, I can hit, and I'm going to get a hit every time, but I'm going to end up on first base. I'm not going to hit a triple. I'm not going to double. I'm not going to get a home run. And I feel like that's how Andrew Vaughn is, where you can count on him to get that base knock, but it would be much better if there were people in scoring positions so that that way you can take advantage of it. The worst thing I would like is for me to get on base, and then I'm a duck out there on first, not being able to get in because we're, 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 we're then depending on guys that are struggling. Because you just said it yourself. One through nine, we're struggling outside of Anderson and, and Andrew Vaughn. But if we could luckily get a three, four, five guy, two, three, four, five guy on, and you have Andrew Vaughn to then take it over after that, I mean, I, that, that, I just need some more runs, and I'm trying to figure out how to get them, you know? In a normal situation where all the other White Sox stars were producing, then yes, I'm with you. Andrew Vaughn's probably suited best in the five or six hole because guys will get on base in front of him. In a situation where literally nobody is getting on base and Andrew Vaughn is one of the only ones, then I want him getting as many at-bats as humanly possible. So, hell, I'd have Andrew Vaughn lead off if nobody else is getting on base and he's the one getting on base. I'd have Jake Berger lead off. Like, Yasmani Grandal led off the other day. Like, they're, they're having to piece together things while Tim Anderson is out. And the Yasmani Grandal thing, like, whatever Tony feels he's got to do, maybe he feels like he has to put him in a higher-up position to, to up his ego or confidence or something because outside of the little half-swing two-RBI <laughs> single that he had in Tampa Bay, the guy has shown yeah. absolutely nothing. So, in a normal situation, yes, I agree with you. Andrew Vaughn's likely your best five or six hitter, maybe maybe even a four hitter. But in this situation, where nobody else is hitting and nobody's getting on, I want him high up as possible to get All as right, many give me, Okay, let's, 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 let's pretend everybody's healthy, Shane. Let's pretend everybody's okay. healthy. Let's I have a lineup for you. Oh, I, I love this. 
damn it, yeah. I love this. All right, go ahead. Uh, I, so Tony LaRusso, we're what, 52 games in or 51 games in. He's had a different lineup for every single game. Assuming everyone is healthy, like this is your optimized Chicago White Sox lineup with one removal. Reese McGuire is no longer on the team because I can't stand him. <laughs> you hate him. Right. Dude, I, I can't stand that guy. <laughs> Tim Anderson leading off. Andrew Vaughn in the two-hole. Luis Robert in the three-hole. Jose Abreu in the four-hole. Yoan Moncada playing second base in the five-hole. Okay. Uh, Yasmani Grandal in the um, six. In the in the six-hole, DHing. AJ Pollock in the seven-hole, and then either Lennon Sosa or Yolbert Sanchez playing second Dude, base. Where's Eloy Jimenez at, bro? Come on, we got to get him in that lineup. Oh shit. <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm like, I'm like, you got Yohan at the five. Why not Eloy? I'm like, okay, okay. I'm, I'm brainwashed right now. I'm brainwashed <laughs> by the 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 White Sox injury bug, and I forgot that Eloy even existed for a second. <laughs> He's about to yeah. do his triple uh, triple A assignment, so he'll be back soon. You got to throw Eloy at five in there. I like yeah, the lineup. I love the lineup so far. That that's the problem because you look at somebody like Jake Berger, who's absolutely smashing the ball. There's really no room for him except for maybe at DH when when Eloy comes back. There's no room there. Right. Because Pollock's going to be in the lineup. Grandall has to be in the lineup. Unless, and unless he keeps sucking. Unless he keeps sucking, then then you got to have him be a pinch hitter off the switch hitting pinch hitter. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. So Anderson, Vaughn, and Wright. I, I'd, I'd have to play Vaughn over A.J. Pollock right now. Yeah. Luis Robert in center. Abreu. First base in the four hole, Eloy left field in the five hole, Moncada at third base, Grandal catching, and then Lennon Sosa, Yolbert Sanchez, or Jake Berger at second base, and then your your DH is is I, I, Berger when he's not playing second base. That yeah. kind of thing, you know. It's tough. It's it's a good problem to have if everyone's healthy and playing well. And that doesn't happen nearly often enough. Ever. And, and, and this lineup misses the best table setter in all of baseball in Tim Anderson. One of the best leadoff hitters in baseball. One of the best contact guys in baseball. One of the best defensive shortstops in baseball in Tim Anderson. And that's what they're missing right now. You can't have a carousel at the top of the lineup. You yeah. just can't. Especially in a team where nobody gets on base at the moment. Yeah. I mean, Danny Mendick's been trying his best. I mean, obviously, but no one's going to fill the shoes of Tim Anderson. I think we should spend a moment or two just to have some Tim Anderson love. I, I, I was talking to Anthony Heron the other day, and I was like, he had the quietest batting title you've ever seen in, in Major League yeah. Baseball. Like, he won it, and no one cared. And it was like, dude, this guy just came out of nowhere, and, and it was like, you know what, I'm going to focus on base hits, doubles, and smacking the ball with just raw power occasionally. And then won the batting title, and no one's like, no one gave him love. It was like, people just thought it was this anomaly, like this outlier that happens. Like, no. And then he came back. I mean, he's hitting 356 right now. I mean, we're not talking yeah. about, you know, people are struggling to hit 300 all across Major League Baseball, let people alone the Chicago White Sox. I'm across Major League Baseball. Right. And you got this guy just like stroking 356, making it look easy. And then you got you know, guys like Hunter Green in Cincinnati who are throwing sliders that break 48 inches or whatever the, whatever the hell that, that guy's slider breaks. Disgusting. Nobody can make contact right now. None of the White Sox players. And Tim Anderson's not there, the only one who can. Yeah, and I think he doesn't get enough love of what he does. But, I mean, and even what he did against the Yankees uh, in, the, in the last uh, matchup that they had, you know, after all that drama, you know how hard it is to hit a home run in, in, in the majors? And for him to do it the very next game, like, you know how much, 
that, that's like that's mind blowing. You gotta like that is some Floyd Mayweather type stuff where I'm gonna talk trash and back it up in the form of a home run. Like you only have 20 something of them throughout the entire year. And for you to smack one to, in order to do that is just absolutely incredible. But go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was just saying. So Tim Anderson, I, th- I think he, he even it's hard to say he's underrated, but he's still underrated. I think that that's yeah. the, the takeaway right there. As a reminder, you're listening to the Southsiders podcast, the White Sox fan podcast hosted by myself, Shane Reardon, and Gabe Ramirez for Odyssey and 2400 Sports. We'll be with you two times a week. But in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter, Southsiders670, myself, Shane underscore Reardon, Gabe, Chicago underscore Gabe. And then you can also email us. We're going to have mailbag segments on this podcast at southsiders 670 at gmail.com so feel free to put in all your white Sox questions there we'll solicit on social media as well but gabe the white Sox right now have a three-game series upcoming against the los angeles dodgers widely considered the best team in baseball but struggling as of right now uh they do have a hell of an away away record they dominate teams on the road but right now struggling the most they have been all season. The White Sox may be on their greatest upswing that they've had all season outside of that eight or nine game winning streak, whatever it was uh, at the beginning of May. It's Michael Kopech, Johnny Cueto, and Dylan Cease, but it's also the three best outside of Kershaw that, I mean, there's there are no bad, the, the Dodgers don't have any bad pitchers. They yeah. don't have any bad starting pitchers. All these guys go out and absolutely dominate. And the White Sox have quite quite the challenge coming up here with the Dodgers. Yeah, the Dodgers had a tough series against the Mets. I mean, they put it on them, actually. I think they, they took them for granted uh, in L.A. So I think, you know, going up against the White Sox is going to be against another hungry team that's looking to prove themselves against a powerhouse in Major League Baseball and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Mitch White, if you if you wanted to start the series against somebody, if you had to pick one of them, it would be Mitch yeah. White. His, his K to walk ratio, obviously not not in, in alignment with the rest of uh, Major League Baseball. And, and Michael Kopech, he didn't have the best outing last time, so I know he's looking to bounce back. Uh, if, you know, if I were gambling, which I do often, I'd definitely take the run line for the White Sox at minus 155. I mean, at home, it's going to be tough. I think they're going to pitch well. They'll probably sit a couple guys coming out of that thing. But I, I, in this series, Shane, like what would be acceptable to you in terms of the amount of victories you would want in order to feel good going up against the Dodgers in this three-game set? I mean, I'm, I'm not feeling good if they don't win the series. Uh, I'm, I'm not feeling good really? if they get swept. Yeah, no, no. This is this is make or break it right now. This is putting yourself up against the game's best and measuring to see where you are. This is the series for every single player that's been slumping to break out of that slump. This is the series for Yasmani Grandal tonight against a righty to put one 30 rows up in the right field bleachers. Go, in, go ahead and hit that CTR car. Uh, the, the CT, as a lefty, I'm sorry, hit the CTA car up there in the right field bleachers where the goose used to be. This is the series for Yoan Moncada to go three for four tonight. This is the series for Luis Robert to hit a homer and go two for four tonight. This is the series for the White Sox to show the country and show the Dodgers we are just as good as you are. And that starts with Michael Kopech. It starts with him getting the slider back. It starts with him getting the, the tail on the fastball back and actually placing those pitches because he didn't, like you say, he didn't look good. So yeah. this is the series for me to go ahead and establish yourself as the team that that 
you think you are and that the White Sox fans think you are. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at Mitch White, I mean, he's he hasn't pitched over five innings all season long. I mean, his last outing against the Pittsburgh Pirates on June 1st, that was his longest of the season. I mean, he's been doing some, like, middle relief work. So this is a guy, like you said, if you're looking for some a guy to get your confidence back up with, this is the guy. If you, if you lose this game, if Kopech doesn't step up and pitch well in game one, if, if our hitters – it's, it's tough, right? It's tough to put so much pressure on them to break out of their slump in one game and hope that this is it. But, geez, I mean, this, like, what else are you trying to get up for? Like, who, are you going to wait till you go up against, like, the Texas Rangers to get up? You know, they, they kind of handed it to you last time you played them. So, like, the Dodgers, th- this is it when you're talking about offensively and, and trying to get their production. Because if you don't, especially against a guy like Mitch White, like, what are your excuses going to be? Like, how much longer can you really look at your fan base or your team and say, like, oh, don't worry, you know, we're right around the corner, we'll put it together. At that point, you're looking like every other Chicago team that underperforms, you know, in their given given season. And the White Sox are doing just that. So you're right. I think this is a great one. I think Kopech, if he can come out, you know, give us like six strong innings, you know, K like seven or eight, I think that, that'll be fine. But, again, if you lose today, dude, it's going to be tough. I mean, because Johnny Cueto, like, what are you what are you expecting from him? You're you're, you're crossing your fingers every time he jumps on the mound. And then Dylan Cease, I mean, obviously he might be the guy to, to, to stop the two-game losing streak if it ends up going that way. Tell me what you think about this. I understand that the Cueto thing is a minor league deal. It's a flyer. Somebody who is absolutely mashing hitters right now in Pittsburgh is old buddy Jose Quintana. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't take much to pry Jose Quintana out of the hands of the Pittsburgh Pirates. We've talked about this a little bit on the Parkinson Spiegel show on the score. I think the White Sox should right now, any asset that you have, I I don't know who that might be at the moment because they have the worst farm system in baseball. Do whatever you can to get Jose Quintana out of the hands of the Pirates and Johnny Cueto can go to the bullpen or Quintana is just your insurance or uh, he's uh, you can move to a six man rotation, which a lot of teams are doing right now. I don't trust Johnny Cueto. Um, and I trust Jose Quintana right now a lot more. Yeah, I just wouldn't want to make the same mistake that the Cubs did when they acquired Jose Quintana, giving up some assets that didn't necessarily equate to his his production on the mound. And and I just feel like I don't know. I, I know I know what to expect from Jose Quintana. It's exactly what you just said from Johnny Cueto. You're not going to be certain week in and week out what he's going to be able to give to you. And if that's the case, I already got a guy on my team and Johnny Cueto that. I feel like he has more to prove of, of the three guys, right, that, that we had that are cut from that same cloth. Dallas Keiko, Johnny Cueto, Jose Quintana. Those are all three guys that you're hoping to be like a veteran presence to eat up some innings and to get you an occasional victory here and there. But out of the three of those guys, you know, you just mentioned it with, with Yohan Moncada. You know, Keiko, I felt like he just didn't care, right? He, he was just like that. He was like a Jay Cutler type. Like, ah, I'm here. I already won my World Series. I don't really care too much. Quintana is like... I got my money. I'd prefer to be in a smaller market with less pressure on me because he saw what he did in a high-pressure situation when he was with the Chicago Cubs. Now, Johnny Cueto, I feel like he got that chip on his shoulder. I feel like he's like, yo, in Spanish, papa, yo soy lancedor. I can go ahead and throw this ball whatever you want. Like, I'm still, he feels in his head he's still the best of the best. So if he still continues to perform the way he's been throwing the ball, I think you kind of almost have to lean on him in that space. I don't know. I just think Quintana... If, if, if you end up giving up something and he ends up playing the way you assume he will, which is a mediocre type baseball, then you're going to kick yourself at the end. So I don't know. I'll, I'll disagree with you, Shane. I'd say you leave Quintana where he's at. Let somebody else overpay for him when it comes down to it. And then let's. It's, it's not overpaying. Like he's on a $1 million deal in Pittsburgh. That's all I'm saying. Like you take a flyer on a guy 
who is going to be easy to pry from the hands of the pirates. But we're not the only yeah. ones that are going to try to get them, though. That's the thing. So the price, the price is um, going to be driven yeah. up. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to find some kind of insurance policy for for Johnny Cueto because. So you don't just, like Cueto. I, I like Cueto. Like I love his attitude, and I think that his persona fits this team perfectly. But like, you have to have some kind of backup plan for Johnny Cueto not working out. You're assuming, I hate the assumption, but you're assuming that another White Sox starting pitcher will get hurt before the end of the season. That's just what happens with this yeah. ball club. Yeah, like right. Lance Lynn will come back, but somebody else will get hurt. There has to be some kind of insurance policy because every single loss against a a bad team that the White Sox have is shortening that leash, shortening the leash, shortening the leash. They don't have any room to to, to mess around right now. You just don't. After this Dodgers series, like your schedule is not that difficult. Your your tough games are you've got four at home against the Astros in August. You've got four more against the Blue Jays at the end of this month. Um, you've got uh, a, a few games with the – but those are the tough ones. Uh, but then it, it can go really good or really bad with how many divisional games you have left. Still have a ton of games against the Twins and the, the Guardians. I'm sorry. <laughs> this team, the, the leash is very, very short. And if they don't start playing like 600 baseball starting today, then it's done. Yeah. And I hate yeah. to be an extremist, but it's done if they don't start playing 600 baseball starting today. Let me ask you this, Shane. I mean, obviously, you have your eye on a guy like Indana, somebody that can come help out this rotation. And you said, you know, maybe not even giving up a lot of assets. What if an opportunity came along where, you know, you were asked to give up some some high level guys that, that are on our team or associated with our team for a, a guy that could be not a number one. That's obviously probably not going to happen, but a, a solid number two. If you can get a solid two number two guy, would you be willing to give up some pieces that some would say we're going to, you know, should help the future is what I'm asking. Not Andrew Vaughn type, but somebody maybe like one level below him, like a burger like uh, uh, maybe even like a uh, uh, Garrett Crochet, like would you be able to give up those guys in order to secure a number two starter? Well, they gave up Garrett, Garrett Crochet already, you know. Well, what the what he's talking about with the with the injury? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't right. know if I don't know if Garrett Crochet is even on the table right now for somebody with with an injury like right. that. You know, I, I don't like speaking in hypotheticals too often. So there are some some strong free agent starting pitchers available this offseason. Like you already screwed yourself by letting Carlos Rodon walk and not even offering the qualifying offer. You screwed yourself by not being in on free agency last time around with like Kevin Gosman. And I know he doesn't look good in Seattle. Robbie Ray. Um, the White Sox don't have the assets that other teams do have to trade for a one two or three starting pitcher they're going to have to spend money and that's not something that jerry has been reluctant to do so i don't have any faith in them being able to get a jacob de who's a free agent in this upcoming offseason yeah. who knows if clayton kershaw is going to opt out um max scherzer could opt out carlos rodan is technically a free agent again after after this season like it's it all comes back to every offseason, but more specifically this previous offseason where it's bargain bin hunting and it's trying to spend as little money as possible on the positions of your most need. And that's that's something the White Sox have never never done outside of the Esmonte Grandall signing where they spent $77 million, the largest 
free agent signing in the history of the franchise. The largest monetary signing in the history of the franchise went to Yasmani Grandal at $77 million. Yeah, they're not going to be able to. I mean, obviously, they're not going to spend their way into first place. They're really they're really leaning on the, the Caribbean connection that they've created and that Dude, pipeline. It's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. <laughs> you, utilize both. Utilize the fact that you have that pipeline and that connection and utilize the fact that you're in market three and spend the freaking money. Yeah. Spend the money on the like, Trevor Story could have been on this team. There's yeah. no reason. Trevor Story shouldn't be playing second base for the White Sox right now instead of second base for the Red Sox. There's no reason outside of the willingness to spend money. So you think they're and just stubborn? You think they're just stubborn in, in, in when it comes to opening up the checkbook? Or do you feel like they're just... There's they, no they, they here. There's no they. It's Jerry. He doesn't it's, want to. It doesn't make any sense because he's on the record saying he wants one more White Sox World Series before he dies. Yeah. Dude, you're old, crazy. dude. Give up the money, bro. You can't take it with you. Exactly. It's like it's like you're it's like just in your will, you know, in your in your will, it should say like I want to give all my money to the Sox fans in the form of free agent signings and then that yeah. way we could bring a winner. But then you might end up like the Phillies and have the one of the highest payrolls in baseball and still end up sucking cuz you end up not doing right. it right. <laughs> Give me your series prediction for these 3 games against the Los Angeles Dodgers. I am going to say Ah, we're, we're definitely winning one. If we can win, if we can win tonight, we'll take the series two out of three. If we lose today, then we're going to lose two out of three. That's going to be my prediction. Okay. I think the White Sox beat Mitch White and the Dodgers tonight, beat Tony Goslin tomorrow with Johnny Cueto on the mound, and then lose to Tyler Anderson on uh, Thursday. I think that's how they go down. But it's two out of three from the Dodgers, and then a sweep of the Texas Rangers this weekend, baby. Hopefully. We got to get those Dodgers to towel so that that way we can kind of get them trashed before their game. Maybe we could, maybe we could talk to uh, Yoan Moncada and Johnny Cueto yeah. see if they can get the hook up on that. This has been the first edition, first installment of the Southsiders podcast. Myself, Shane Reardon, and Gabe Ramirez, 670 The Score, uh, fan podcast for White Sox fans by White Sox fans. You can find us two times a week, Mondays and Thursdays, outside of today being a Tuesday. Uh, social media, myself, Shane underscore Reardon. Gabe is Chicago underscore Gabe. And if you like what you're hearing, remember to subscribe to the Southsiders podcast feed. Um, and that is on every single platform where you get your podcasts, as well as Southsiders 670. We've got an email address, Southsiders670 at gmail.com. Go ahead and shoot all your White Sox questions that way. And on Thursday, when we record again, we will make sure to get to as many of them as they can. Gabe, very nice episode. I look forward to seeing you at our next Media League softball game on Monday. Bullshit that we were rained out last night. Because well, I'm glad because I was working, dude. I was working, so oh, I wouldn't have been able to be there. All right, well, then good. good. Hey, shout good. out real quick to our producer, Tyler Butterball, handling all the graphics and such. We genuinely appreciate what you're doing over there as well. Thank you, and uh, Thursday, next podcast. Talk to you then.